Since 1911, the 8th of March, International Women's Day has celebrated the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. The day also marks a call to action to accelerate women's equality. At Edinburgh College of Art and in collaboration with the University Research Collections, women contribute to a vibrant research culture across a range of different disciplines. In this series, we hear about the work of five such women. Hello, my name is Jill Burke and I'm Professor of Renaissance Visual and Material Cultures at the University of Edinburgh. What is your general area of research? I am working in art history and I work on the way that visual culture, and that means things like painting and sculpture, but also things like prints, um, clothing, furniture, everything that is in the visual world. I work on how visual culture affects people's understanding of themselves and the world about them. So um, how people felt and structured their world uh, in the Renaissance and early modern period in Europe. And that's from around 1400 to 1700. And I particularly specialise in Italy. What makes you particularly interested in this area of research? My general topic, um, which looks at images and articulates ideas about them, uh, is really important because images have a massive and massively powerful influence on the way that people understand the world um, and how they understand power relationships, how they understand, uh, you know, things that structure our world like gender and class and race um, and also how themselves are located within this world. But one of the things that uh, people aren't always very good at is uh, articulating what images are telling them. People are used to dealing with words, but not so used to talking about images. So what art history can do generally in the study of uh, visual culture is to give words to these images and articulate the power relationships. And uh, in this way, it can be an immensely powerful tool for people. What are you currently working on? So right now I'm working on the history of beautification. And what I mean by that is hygiene, cosmetics, um, all this sort of thing that we might do daily that you might not think has a history. Um, So I'm looking at how people changed their faces, their hair, their bodies to meet beauty ideals in the uh, Renaissance, so in the 15th and 16th centuries particularly. Um, And what I'm particularly interested in is how the art of the time, how Renaissance art, so that's the art of people uh, like Botticelli or or Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci, how that um, affected its viewers and particularly how it affected ideals of beauty uh, in women. So the source material I'm looking at particularly is advice texts. So uh, these are things like, you know, how to texts, the things that you might get on um, on the Internet today. Uh, you might get uh, advice about how to lose weight, for example, and they existed in the 15th and 16th centuries as well. Um, so I'm looking at um, advice texts that tell women how to achieve the perfect uh, Renaissance look and, you know, how to remove their body hair, for example, how to dye their hair blonde, how to gain weight or how to lose weight or how to avoid wrinkles, all this kind of thing um, that we're familiar with today that a lot of people don't understand. There's a very long history of this kind of advice. Um, And so my book um, on this, which is called How to Be a Renaissance Woman, um, should be out in June 2023. One of the projects I'm working on at the moment is to remake skincare uh, products um, with skincare recipes from a 
an advice book from 1562. Um, and we're finding that they know in a very sophisticated way, actually, how to make moisturiser that really works, for example, or how to make conditioner that really works. And they would do this in a domestic kitchen. Why is International Women's Day important to you? I think International Women's Day is really interesting and important, partly because it reminds us um, that we need to continue fighting for feminism, that this isn't some a battle that's been won. Um, in the world that I'm working in, the 16th and 17th century, there were really many outstanding women who wrote, for example, treatises like Moderata Fonte or Lucrezia Marinella wrote treatises about the superiority of women to men. Um, and that movement was dissipated and was lost in the um, decades to follow. Um, and so feminism is a constant fight and putting uh, all people, uh, whatever their gender, making sure that there's equality there um, is still really important. And also to note that this is an International Women's Day and there's places where women's rights are still very much under threat. What do you hope to achieve with your work? For my work personally, and the reason why I'm writing the book, is that I'd like every everybody, but girls and women particularly perhaps, uh, to understand that the feeling of not looking good enough, of not being good enough, you know, which people associate with things like social media, with Instagram culture, and I'm sure, you know, there's a case for that. But this feeling is, his is historically and socially constituted. It's not just about individuals. It's not just about personal choices or personal wrongness. Um, but this feeling of not of not being good enough has really long historical roots, uh, right to the birth of capitalism in the 15th and 16th centuries, when you start to get these self-improvement texts appearing in very great numbers. Um, Renaissance women worry too about being too fat or too thin or too hairy or too spotty or not having the right shaped body. Um, and it's useful and important to know that it's no one's individual's fault that this is something that has a historical reason why you might be feeling this about yourself. Really what I want my work to achieve is for people to understand this history that I've just discussed, this long history of, of pressure um, on women, uh, particularly to look in a certain way and to be in a certain way. <laughs>